day, friend. Welcome to Tuesday, August the 2nd. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We're in Psalm 55, and this week we will continue to move through this psalm. David is dealing with the situation with Absalom. We've gone in depth in it. I'm not going to unfold it again, but we are picking it up today in a, a, a puzzling verse, okay? So in the first eight verses, David is basically pouring his heart out to God and asking him to attend to his prayer. And he's mourning and describing his experience to God, which is grievous, sorrowful, hard, fearful, terror-filled. And then in um, verse 9 and forward, he begins to pray um, that God would deal with the sin that he sees growing up around him and the wickedness that seems to be gaining ground that he would deal with his enemies. He uh, rehearses the fact that he's been betrayed by a dear friend, a a counselor, a a friend and a guide and a personal companion. So this was a personal betrayal. And then we come to verse 15 today. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. Now, this verse is... uh, it's puzzling if you think about it just at first. David appears to be praying for someone to die, okay? And I don't know that I would advise you to pray for the death of um, those that have hurt you, okay? So what is this? How do we process this? How do we pull this together? Um, well, we've talked previously about imprecatory psalms where uh, the psalmist, usually David, but the psalmist is praying for God to be vindicated, okay? And the condition the condition for that to be acceptable is in the case where repentance has been taken off the table, which is usually the choice of the individual, okay? Um, there is such a thing as unrepentant unbelief. We've talked about that on the, on the podcast as well. What is God to do with someone who chooses death, okay? So th- the choices that a person has in life is either God or death. That's that's really the what it boils down to, life in Jesus or death having rejected Jesus or rebelled against Jesus. The only way we have eternal life is by faith in Jesus and his finished work on the cross and redemption that gives us eternal life. It's a gift of grace. We can't earn it. We can't achieve it. We receive it. So life or death. And we live in what we call the age of grace. We live in an age where the heart and the arms of God, the mercy of God, is new every morning and available to everybody who will have it. And the grace of God appears to all men who is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is the message of Scripture is that God's heart is for all. Okay. But are all going to choose him? Well, of course not. Um Many there, many are there that choose the way of death. God repeatedly appeals to mankind, choose life, not death. Why will you die, O house of Israel? God wants redemption, but in the face of rejection and rebellion, overt, unrepentant. Um, now, he's long-suffering. So even to the rebel, he gives time, he extends time. But nobody knows how much time they have. And only God, really, God is the arbiter of time. He's the arbiter of how much time any one of us has, how many opportunities or how much access anyone has in terms of how many opportunities to repent. But there is this moment where repentance 
uh, the window closes, the heart hardens, the neck stiffens, and no matter, it's not a matter of evidence, it's not a matter of seeking or convincing, it's a matter of obstinate, um, deep rebellion, deep defiance that's never going to repent. And God understands and knows what that is too. Um, so that's really when you would legitimately pray, God be vindicated then. If this, if there is not going to be repentance, then bring um, vindication, bring judgment, bring accountability. And especially in David's uh, situation where wickedness seems to be gaining the upper hand and lots of people are being hurt by this event. So what David is essentially praying is, um, God, destroy the damage that's being done, prevent the damage from being done. And if it, if, if it requires it, let the death that they've already chosen seize quickly upon them. Just finish it out quickly so that this situation is brought to a halt. Let death, the death they've chosen, seize upon them. And let them go down quick into hell. Again, let this be rectified quickly. Is the sense of this that David is saying out of a vengeful heart, let them burn in hell. No, that's not the spirit of it. That's not the quality of it because David's heart, as ours should be, would be that they would repent and that he would uh, then deal with repentant people. But in the face of unrepentance, God, um, take them to their to the destination they've chosen quickly so the people that are being hurt by them can be released from their oppression. So in that way, it's a prayer really for the triumph of what is right, for the triumph of God and the triumph of righteousness. The, the catch on this prayer is that it is a selfless prayer. If, if, I'm, if I'm just oppressed by a person and I say, God, kill that person, that, that may be, that's usually going to be self-centered, okay? If I just want, you know, if it's self-serving, if the outcome is, is God, uh, get that person out of my way. That, of course, that's vengeful, murderous, hateful, and and God uh, God is displeased by that. But if the prayer is, Lord, remove um, the wickedness that's hurting and, and oppressing others, um, and take out those that are um, um, overtly unrepentant, that are stubbornly, defiantly unrepentant, then that's a prayer for the. For the for the victor for the triumph of righteousness, and that's a good prayer. So David says, "Let death seize upon them, and let them go down quick into hell. For the wickedness that is in their dwellings and among them, it's 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 they're a fountain of wickedness flowing in uh, to our society." And look at the contrast now. And I just want to touch on this this phrase. The very next verse, verse sixteen. As for me, and th- that's I think a qualifying or a clarifying. Where is David's mind in terms of praying for the death and um, the judgment of his oppressors and his enemies, the betrayers? Where is his heart and mind? He's contrasting. God, they've rebelled against you. They've chosen death and hell. Uh, That's their choice. And by the way, David's prayer was answered. Both Ahithophel and Absalom die uh, quickly, and this rebellion is completely uh, failed. It's it's completely stifled and overcome. God brings deliverance. But David is contrasting. They've chosen death. They've chosen hell. They've chosen rebellion against God. But as for me, now this is important and I want to leave it here today, okay? You cannot control what others do. Even when they're lying about you, betraying you, 
deserting you, abandoning you, um, whatever the, the content. You cannot control the politics they're playing. You have to release that narrative to God and you have to take heed unto thyself. And whenever your actions and your attitude and your spirit is wholly swept up into vengeance, unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, victimization, what someone else has done to you, whenever your psyche is swept up into that, you're merely empowering your enemy. You're empowering the person that's trying to hurt you to hurt you more. And even in their absence, their hurt continues. So it's very important that you turn the corner and you say, wait a minute, enough. I'm not giving them any more free rent in my head as for me. And now we'll fill in the blank tomorrow. Happy Tuesday. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.